0: good morning my friend welcome to the channel welcome to Conestoga and Arapahoe I'm under this big tree right here with my banner and uh, in front of Wendy's Wendy's restaurant that's a little hamburger place right there it uh, as you can tell right over my shoulder it's gonna be a quiet day because uh, this is Labor Day everything's closed the banks are closed the stock market's closed many many businesses are closed and all winter long, I've been standing directly across the street and because there's a bunch of shade there, but there's no shade today. i not towing for the last month. But uh, this is my original location. I've always stood here. And uh, I've even had the police called on me here because they didn't like me standing here. But uh, the police said it's just fine. And uh, <laughs> it's just fine. And then right up there, all those mounds that you're looking at way up there, that's uh, the Rocky Mountains. From this location, I can see the 14-foot peaks. All those peaks are way above the tree line. So, uh, praise God, my banner's lifted, and uh, this is just a hello, <laughs> so hello. Uh, let me put this down, and I'm gonna do my video right over there where that tripod is, and uh, do my short, and do the video. So, uh, we'll see you in a few moments, all right? Great day, happy Labor Day here in the United States. And uh, I've got uh, this right here. This is uh, the True Study book. It's a class that we're doing Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. Uh, Boulder time, Mountain time. And uh, uh, this is a kind of a logbook style, it's not full of words that teach the Bible. What it does is it basically records your time and effort in studying the truth, the Word of God. And uh, I've been using something like this for many, many, many years, probably close to, well, over 20 years. I started something like this in 2001, right after the trade towers here in New York City uh, were uh, taken down, and uh, uh, I think the next day... I sat down, the Lord had me sit down with a sheet of paper and began to write out my prayers. Write out my prayers. And on that one single sheet of paper, uh, I wrote, uh, Good morning, Lord. I love you. <laughs> that was the first thing I said. <laughs> and uh, uh, I still do that today. So today was, uh, we're just getting started here. So even today, I said, Jesus, good morning, Lord, I love you. The reason I'm doing this is because uh, I see that the class has great value. Uh, Great value. This book here is one book of eight books. Uh, First book, then there's the second, the third, and the fourth, and that'll be 260 days of going through the New Testament of the Bible then uh, that's one year and then the following year will be uh, one two three four be five six seven and eight so eight books total the whole Bible cover to cover and when we go through the Bible we go through it three times we go through it with our you know eyes ears I mean we go through it three different ways three different times I could go over that right now and uh, uh, I'm only charging the cost of the printer, whatever the printer uh, cost is. It's their cost, not my cost, you know. uh, It's $9.27, it's one penny over print cost. There's no profit involved. What I decided to do is, uh, uh, it's not what I decided, but like something just came to me, and that is uh, the difference between the print cost and what I could possibly sell it for. In other words, like the profit margin that would go into the ministry and go into the church. You know, that's, what, that's, how, that's how ministries support themselves sometimes. Uh, what I wanted to do instead is just charge the print cost and the profit margin uh, you use for the handling charge and the shipping, whatever that costs. So you, the print cost plus the handling and shipping. And uh, that way there, uh, we basically, in a sense, take our profit, potential profit, and pay for your shipping and handling. So all you got to do really, truly, is just pay for the printing, if you want to look at it that way. It's just another way of looking at it. And uh, not, not everybody wants to look at it that way, but that's kind of interesting to me, because uh, not not many preachers and ministers in churches uh, just charge you the print cost. They charge you full value, the full retail value of the item. And uh, But I'm not. I'm charging the wholesale. Not even the wholesale. It's just cost, at, at cost. Okay. And uh, you can get this book by going to our website, and uh, you see that usually I've been putting that in the front part of the video. It's our missionary website, it's John, J-O-H-N, and then my last name, French name, C-H-O-Q-U-E dot O-R-G, John, C-H-O-C, like Charlie, H-O-Q-U-E, and uh, that is, uh, will take you to our website. If you just scroll down just a tiny bit, uh, you'll see right below Jesus is Lord. Uh, it says uh, GC True Study, August 2023 edition, and that link takes you to the book patch, which is the printer of this book. Okay, and uh, they take credit cards and stuff. You know, you just order it that way. It takes uh, uh, it takes about five days to get it because they do print this print on demand. So they do print it out and they ship it to you. And uh, they put cardboard here and uh, it's pretty sturdy and uh, I mean it comes it comes well packaged in the print of uh, the shop so I just ordered 10 of these this morning that I'm gonna be distributing here in Boulder 10 of them I already distributed uh, one to Brent I got one for myself that's two and a few other people have purchased them and I just ordered 10 more so uh, I'm excited about that and so to help people go through the book I'm including uh, uh, Monday through Friday, a one hour, seven to eight a.m., record it, record it, but it's a live stream broadcast, uh, right? Live stream, I get up at 5.30 or 6 in the morning, I pray and get myself together and make my coffee and I sit down at my uh, kitchen table. Uh, you know, Actually, I made it kind of like in an office there and I do the class and then I get ready and I come out to preach the gospel and that's what I do. And so I work very hard, very long, but I'm retired. But doesn't retirement doesn't mean much because a lot of people retire and they go play. Well, to me, uh, I don't want to do that because I know where I am when I retire. Most people retire; they're in the last season of their life. Let me put this down. Thank you for letting me put that away. They're in the last season of their life. So uh, if you're retired and you're just out playing, uh, you're missing a tremendous opportunity to lay up a massive portion of your treasure in heaven. Uh, because all you're playing uh, is not of any value to God, to heaven, and to your eternal life. And this is your last season. Uh, it's known fact that, uh, that generally speaking, when people have worked 40 to 60 years in a career and they retire, 18 to 24 months later, they're usually dead. That's the, that's just generalization, but that's pretty, pretty accurate. Uh, happens to my parents, pretty much, you know? My dad retired at 71, 72, 73, something like that. And at 86, he is dead, you know? And uh, my mom retired at 65. And at, 80, at 85 or 86, she was dead. So she lasted a few more extra years. But those, those, those last 10 or 15 years, 10 years, was really not much of a existence. It was just, it was survival. That was all it was. It was no life whatsoever. And uh, so I've been retired six years. And for six years, I've dedicated full time to serving the Lord. That's what I'm doing today. A lot of Labor Day, a lot of people are out playing, having picnics and partying and all that kind of stuff. But I'm working. I Started working at early this morning, six o'clock this morning, and the cameras came on at about five minutes to seven. But that's okay. I love it. I'm just letting you know what I'm doing. This is like these, this, this sermon, these videos. It's kind of like my life. It's not just a message. Uh, the first part of it is it's just what's going on, because. I want to be relatable, I want to be an example, I want to tell you what's going on, say, well, I don't like what John's doing there, but I kind of like that over there, and over there I kind of like a part of it, but not all of it, and you know, that's okay, you know, I'm trying to give a full array of an example of all kinds of things, and for example, uh, here two weeks ago, or a week and a half, whatever it's been, a couple weeks ago, I started, by the Spirit of God, uploading the audio of this sermon, every sermon, last two weeks, uh, the audio and the music, just no picture, to my podcast service. Yeah, and lo and behold, I am getting a lot of uh, downloads. I, I mean like five to eight every day. Ha, <laughs> wow, you know, normally it's just one or two people uh, listen to the podcast, but now it's jumped way up, you know, I'm averaging probably seven uh, a day in the last two weeks and if it's seven now it may continue to grow once people get the idea because it goes out to all different podcasting services. you know Amazon uh, Google Apple uh, Spotify Pandora iHeartRadio there's lots and lots of different podcasting services I subscribe to that my show goes under their site and uh, so whatever however you listen to your podcasts is just one more way of uh, like I was listening to the podcast on our you know the podcast website I have a website too for the podcast show and uh, uh, anyways I don't know why I say all that but I'm just letting you know what's going on <laughs> let's pray Lord I thank you that I sometimes rattle on but I trying to give people information Lord and, um, I thank you that you stopped me and had we pray and I thank you, Lord, that we can pray. We can lift up the word of God. We can lift up our voice. Uh, several people have already walked by listening and talking, looking at me, <laughs> wondering what I'm doing. But uh, uh, I know you're not wondering, Lord, and I'm not wondering. Maybe other people are wondering what's going on, but uh, we're not wondering. So we are in agreement. We're in agreement, Lord. I thank you, Lord. And uh, I just dedicate this uh, Street ministry, street uh, sermon, and this ministry and the missionary church to your glory, Lord, and everyone else too. I dedicate to you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So, uh, this right here, this is Arapahoe. It's uh, Highway 7. So, there's uh, one, one, two, one, two, there's three lanes here going this way, going east, and three lanes coming in. And this is like right behind me, that light right behind me, that's uh, 55th, that's the edge of uh, the East Colorado Eastern boulder but uh, this is where the Lord wanted me I've been up there a couple uh, twice a couple times and there's no place up there for me this is where but I used to be across the street too but this is my original location but I'm right on the highway and uh, a little scary sometimes but uh, God's grace is sufficient okay so uh, we're in the Sunday prayer letter uh, and this this week here our letter is called it has a title of, they caused great joy. (laughs) They caused great joy. I mean, isn't that amazing? Uh, They caused great joy. Don't you want to cause great joy in your life? Or do you want to cause great anguish and great sadness? Well, you can provide great joy by walking out and living in the Word of God. Letting your light shine. Believe it or not, that produces a lot of great joy. (laughs) It does. But when a believer lives in sin, lives in darkness, uh, that doesn't provide really any joy. It provides sorrow. And it breaks my heart. I mean, it just makes me want to cry sometimes. That people have chosen to uh, go the other way instead of staying after Jesus but that happens all the time people make commitments and then they break their commitments people make a vow to serve the Lord they break their vows Uh, they tell God what they're gonna do and they don't do it it just uh, goes on and on and on and uh, I thank God that decades ago I that all came to a halt back in the 1980s in my life and uh, Uh, that's why God's still using me I guess because I've had immense life-altering life-changing tragedy that's happened since those concrete decisions to serve the Lord no matter what the devil has tried to take me out several times not just by death which is several times near death many many times but also in my life it's just been horrible that's why once you make a commitment, you look. Don't, you don't look good. You don't provide joy when you make a commitment to do something, and then you end that commitment. Uh, you don't. You just break it. Is I'm going to do this forever, and you make break that commitment. You don't provide any joy. It's really sad. Really sad. And uh, uh, I don't know what to do about it. It's not between me. It's between the person making the commitment and God. But I can bring it up. I can talk about it and I'm not talking about any one individual so don't think I'm talking about somebody special I'm not talking about anybody I'm talking in a general sense because as a minister uh, you know people come and go into the ministry you know I see a lot of people coming in and out I minister to a lot of people in my life and I've seen it all over we're in chapter 15 of this week uh, we're, we're in the theme called Signs, Wonders, Miracles, Praise, Worship. Don't you want signs in your life that you're following God, that you're hearing God? Don't you want wonders to look and go, man, Look how wow, wonder how that happened? God must have did something fantastic over there. A miracle, unexplainable, outside of your control, God did it. And then a praise that just, just flows out of you, a praise and a worship, you fall down. Uh, and worship the Lord God with all your soul. Man, I tell you, not a great way to live? I would, that is. I I live that way. How about that? You know, that's, that's why I have to get up early. I mean, I probably could get up at about uh, 6.45, you know, brush my teeth, put throw some water on my face, and jump in front of the camera. I mean, that's possible. But uh, that means I have no time with the Lord, no time in the Word, no time to fellowship with the Lord before getting myself in front of people. So, everyone has a choice everyone has a free choice and uh, the Bible is pretty clear to count the cost before you go to war before you make a commitment determine Uh, that's like when I uh, did our scripture shorts consider the matter consider the matter with the Lord before you make the commitment can I do this can I do it and uh, you just once you come to an agreement with the Lord then you start you don't quit and if you do quit, you don't disappear. That's what almost 99 times out of 100. That's what they Christians do. They just disappear. Like what happened to so and so? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't disappear. When I left, I mean, I told people for months and months and months and months that when I retire, I'm coming to Boulder. You know, I, when I got to Boulder, I emailed everybody or, or texted everybody and sent pictures for several months letting them know that I got to Boulder and we started the ministry and uh, but people do that they just disappear fade into the distance and uh, and uh, you know when you've been involved in someone's life for a little while and you just poof disappear without any kind of like hey what happened to you I mean what is that all about is that really a good witness to me, it's not. I think it's a horrible witness. To me, it's hypocrisy. Being a hypocrite, you know, I'm gonna do this and then you disappear. I mean, it just there's just been so many, many people in the last many, many years, especially the last 10 years of my life uh, in ministry that uh, people come in and go, come and go, come and go, come and go, come and go. And we wanna stay faithful. And by stopping and uh, starting and stopping, starting and stopping, starting and stopping, uh, you don't build a life of faithfulness that way. Sorry, you just don't. You know, we're in it for the long haul. Are you in it for the short haul or the long haul? I'm a long haul trucker. I wasn't in it for the short haul. Uh, The money was to me, for me, it was made in the long haul. And uh, that's where I was able to control more of my funding, my cash, by being in the long haul. In the short haul, you have little control. But in the long haul, it just seemed like I had more control over my rig over, you know, because I can speed it up and I can do maybe a long, a one long haul and a quarter or a half. And after a year's time of doing that, I'd make more money than the short haul guys do. That's just one of the things. You know, if I was an owner-operator for 10 years so, uh, I had to pay for everything on my own. So part two on Monday, Acts 15, verses 6 through 12. Amen? Verse Acts 15. We're in the book of Acts until till the end, until chapter 28. Right here is Acts 15, and we'll go on down to number six. We did the first wife on Sunday, yesterday. It seemed like yesterday was like a week ago. <laughs> That's what it feels like. These classes have just made my day seem so long. It's been amazing. This is uh, week two of the classes. Uh, this is uh, day six of the class, day six, of 65 for this book. All right. Uh, Let me read down through here. And the apostles and elders came together for to consider this matter. And when there had been much disputing, Peter rose up and said unto them, Men and brethren, ye know how that a good while ago God made choice among us, that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, given them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us, and put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. You see what's going on? So the guy, as soon as I started talking out loud, he turns his radio up really, really loud. That's how people are. They can't stand the word of God. So if they can't stand the word of God, they can't stand God. Guess what? God can't stand them is what you sow, you reap, (laughs) yes. And you know they're gonna disappear one day. So you just have to have patience that people who hate God will one day be gone. And it's just between all of us family members who love God and then God's so loving that he's gonna recreate the earth and the heaven and uh, it's gonna be wonderful. Amen, right? Verse 10, now therefore, why tempt ye God to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples? which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear. But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ we shall be saved, even as they. Verse 12. Then all the multitude kept silence and gave audience to Barnabas and Paul, declaring what miracles and wonders. How about that? God had wrought among the Gentiles by them. Thank you, Lord, for the reading of your word. Thank you, Lord. About that, he turned it down. How about that? I'll leave for that. I tell you, I am so excited. <laughs> I didn't get to bed till last. Night. I, I had all kinds of technical problems with the setup of the school, and it was like 10:30, almost 11 o'clock by the time I got to bed, and then it took about 30 seconds for me to fall asleep, <laughs> and then I was up at 5 o'clock. Woke up at 5 and crawled out of bed at 5:30. I said, all right, Lord, let's, let's get going for the day. And uh, I'm just excited. I'm just so fired up. I mean, I, I don't know what it is, but I'm just, I'm, I'm just loving what I'm doing. I just love it. I feel sorry for the people who have time and money, retired, let's say, and they're not serving the Lord full time. I mean, they are missing something that uh, is beyond description. <laughs> really, truly and there are a ton of retired christians and they're all out playing i guarantee you they're out playing very few are out preaching full-time some are don't get me wrong don't get me wrong it's not a blanket statement it's just a generalization okay verse six chapter 15 in acts and the apostles and elders came together for to consider this matter you know you have to come together sometimes with people with authority And power to make decisions if all the uh, uh, lower-level employees come together and they make a decision it really doesn't affect the corporation you gotta all come together with the chief executive officer and the board and all that kind of stuff and let your matter be known to them right and and in some companies like one I work for uh, the leadership of the company Want nothing to do with hearing about anything that the employees wanted to share with them. They didn't care they were going to run the company the way they wanted to run it the trucking company and uh, You know, I didn't you know, uh, it really was bothersome to me because they made a lot of mistakes at that time I'd already been in trucking for for a very long time and uh, I had a lot of good ideas And they wanted nothing to do with my ideas and guess what happened? every idea that I came up with and shared with them uh, that got rebuked and really got mad at me, uh, if they would have enacted that um, <laughs> enacted that policy or that procedure or what I suggested, uh, they would have caused less harm, less death, and tens of thousands of dollars would have been saved. It would have just been so much different. But they wanted nothing to do with it. So what do we do? Uh, We go, if you're in a church, you go to your pastor, the pastor who heads up the place, and the elders of the church, just like what Paul and Barnabas did. They went to the elders of the church, the head of the Christian church, and the apostles, and they said, what do we do here? And because they are uh, leaders who have submitted themselves to the Holy Ghost, they listen, they listen, just like I listen. You know, I'm building this church, so I have to listen to everybody. And I listen because it's important, it's important. Sorry, I'm looking around because there's, some, there's a lot of activity all of a sudden. It's what this, this part out here, of this, in this part of Boulder, it looks like it gets really busy for like two minutes, and then it's really quiet for two minutes. Then it gets busy for two or three minutes, then it gets quiet for two or three minutes. It's really a crazy place. Um, the only time it stays steady is at about uh, four o'clock, five o'clock during rush hour traffic. All right. And so, uh, and you want to come together, the elders and the apostles, to consider this matter. And the idea with this is uh, the scripture that says, uh, uh, okay, here comes a big fire truck also. Uh, consider the matter. Boulder, never ending sirens. Sirens four, five, six, seven, eight, ten times a day, seven days a week. It's crazy. Everybody's getting hurt in Boulder. Here it goes. Waves to me. My ears are plugged, but I got to hold my head because most of the firemen uh, know me. I think everybody does. <laughs> you know the fire department here in Boulder. All the I have several different departments, and I'm I'm at corners in all these different department fire departments, fire whatever they're called, fire depart, fire regions, or whatever. All right so anyways let's go to seven and when there had been much disputing so they weren't just kindly talking they were disputing this man arguing back and forth and digging into the Word of God probably into the laws of Moses and uh, I mean they were really into this matter and what was the matter they were talking about do you remember yeah circumcision but it just wasn't circumcision. If you look, kind of go into it, they were struggling with the laws of Moses, the laws that God gave Moses. Yeah, that's how they've lived. They've lived with the laws of Moses their whole life. They were raised, their parents, their grandparents, uh, their great, great-grandparents, uh, they've, for hundreds of years, lived in the, uh, there, in the laws of Moses. So now, all of a sudden, the laws of Moses have ended. And people are going, hey, wait a minute. What's going on here? Because Jesus finished the law. And when the law was finished, grace began. Grace began, okay? Grace. And, uh, And that means that the things that they used to do because of the law, we don't do that anymore. But believe it or not, people are still doing it. People still doing it. They, they just can't get away from it. You kind of ask yourself, of all the homeless, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of homeless in Boulder and everywhere around the world. And most of them are in are 30 years old and younger. Most of them. What happened to them? What happened? You know 15 years ago 20 years ago they are 30 what happened uh, 10 years ago when they were 20 what happened what happened to people and mankind that the homeless just exploded onto the scene what happened it is just I didn't see it coming I didn't see the homeless explosion coming uh, because the reason I didn't see it is because I'm not involved in drugs you know, when I got out of drugs back in 1974, I thought nobody used drugs anymore. For years and years and years, I thought drugs, because I'm not around drugs anymore. I'm not around drug addicts. I'm not around that world anymore. So I truly thought in my heart, because I don't associate it all in that area, anywhere in that area, in that lifestyle at all, I thought it disappeared. I thought there was nobody doing drugs anymore. I thought that's what I thought. Huh. I thought, wow, everybody, you know, come to find out that is not the case. They are, got a million times worse. And that's why the explosion of the homeless, drugs, right? So people love drugs, right? And they can't see past their nose. They just want to get high. There's a lot of people, 20-year-olds in Boulder, 20 years old, younger, maybe a little older, and at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock in the morning, they're getting high. That's called an alcoholic, a drug addict. But you say that to them, oh no, I'm just chilling for the day. No, they're an addict. What's gonna happen in 10 more years of their life? In 10 more years of their life? Gotta wait for all these police officers. Uh, they may end up on the street. Yeah. That's why we gotta keep preaching the gospel. That's why you gotta keep preaching against sin. I do that just about every sermon, not every sermon. But do they do that in churches? Are people and are pastors and churches preaching against sin? Are they? Are they really? Some are, but I would gender to say that most of the New Age churches are not. Are not. Because, and why don't they? Because it offends people. Oh, don't talk about sin. I want to do it the way I want to do it. I want to sleep with my boyfriend tonight, and that's just it. I love him, and love covers over a multitude of sin, and I'm going to sleep with him tonight because that's what I want. And he says the same thing. I'm going to sleep with my girlfriend. I've had that so many times, I just look at him dumbfounded. Huh? Yeah. No conviction. No conviction of sin. I tell you, the body of Christ is, uh, there's something going on, I tell you. Can't believe it myself. All right. Consider this matter disputing, and when they had been much disputing, Peter rose up. Peter rose up. It's kind of interesting to think about that because when I read this the first time here a couple weeks ago, or whenever I read this, uh, I thought about Acts chapter two, when the Holy Ghost fell and all the commotion, and everybody looked like they were had been drinking and drunk all over the place at you know nine or ten in the morning or whatever time it was. Whatever time. Uh, and then Bible says and Peter stood up or rose up (laughs) that's what this reminds you Peter listens that's what's kind of cool about Peter is uh, he listens and I'm gonna venture to say he's praying in his spirit while he's listening and that might be what's happening because the word he delivers is exact is precise Is based on the word of God and it has power and it has authority and if signs, miracles, and wonders follows the preaching of Peter. Isn't that amazing? Can't do that on your flesh. You can't do that on your own. You gotta be moved by the Holy Ghost. Right? That's pretty cool. Here's another example for us. Peter rose up and said, When Peter rises up, he begins to speak. Isn't that amazing? And he speaks unto them, everybody, men, and brethren, everybody, ye, every single person, even us right now, know how that a good while ago, God made choice. God makes choices. Who makes the first choice? God does. God always does the thing first. He's always number one. He always is the first one that does something. We are never the first time. Uh, except, uh, you know, sin. God's never sinned, obviously. But... Uh, but uh, Satan did that Satan sinned He was the first sinner I guess you could say Because he disobeyed God Anyways of that God made a choice Among us So God makes choices And if uh, God chooses you And you know you were chosen by God And you fight that Calling On your life you're never going to have a good life. I'm sorry. You just will never. You'll struggle your whole life because the hand of the Lord, the blessing of the Lord, is not, God's not going to bless you. God is not going to bless disobedience, rebellion. He's not going to do that. Sorry. It's all flesh. He's not going to bless your flesh. No flesh is going to have any glory in the presence of God. That's why we have to be holy and be pure, live from our spirit. Not from our flesh, but live from our spirit. It's the idea with our true study book, trying to get people to get into their spirit, into the Word of God, and fill their spirit up with the Word in all kinds of different ways. Right? God made choice among us that the Gentiles. Who chose the Gentiles? Did we choose to go to the Gentiles? Did Paul choose to go to the Gentiles? Or did God choose the Gentiles? You see? So what God chooses, no man can say, oh, we're not going to, sorry God, you're not going to do that. That doesn't happen. You, you can use a Bible verse that when God, when Joe Moses stood before God and God repented, but uh, God still got his way. <laughs> Nobody went over to the Jordan River into the promised land flowing with milk and honey. Amen. Why didn't they go? Because they were afraid of man. They were afraid of man. They didn't want to do what God told them to do because they were afraid of man. Not afraid of God. If they were afraid of God, they would have gone over. See, That's why Satan put into the, I mean, I've talked about that a lot, fear God. Yeah, right here. Fear God. That fires people up. They don't like that. I don't want to fear God. Uh, You're probably going to fall. You're probably living in sin. If you don't fear God, you're most likely been entertaining or living in or just coming out of sin. Somewhere in that area or sin is at the door waiting to come into your life just be alert fear of God is the beginning of wisdom knowledge really also it's the beginning of understanding too if you think about it amen God made choice among the Gentiles by my mouth shall uh, okay that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear hear what <laughs> I think this is funny. Hear what? Hear that we had a good time when the Holy Ghost came and it's too bad, la la la. You know, I mean, we get it, you don't. That's not what happened, right? And that's not what happened, We're so good, you're so evil, we're the chosen. And that's what happens on the street. When Hebrew people come by or a Jewish person comes by, oh, I don't need Jesus, I'm the chosen one. I'm in the family of God, I'm Hebrew, I'm in the tribe of this or that. I don't need Jesus. All right, all right. So hear by the uh, hear the word of the gospel and believe, not believe. You got to believe the gospel. Verse eight. And God, which knoweth the hearts. <clears throat> so, God knows the hearts. Your heart is so important, so important that uh, it's why the Holy Ghost talked about the heart this morning in class. Thought that was interesting if you hadn't listened to uh this today's class uh this, uh this is monday so that would be class number six true study class and uh i think it has the pink lettering <laughs> different like different colors i use just to keep things fresh i like colors <clears throat> so uh, anyways heart knows the hearts and bear them witness bear what witness sometimes it he makes your heart bare he bears your heart to people so people can see your heart so they can pray and minister to you he reveals God reveals people's heart to you and he'll also reveal your heart to you as I said in the class when that revelation that revealing of your heart comes to you with that revelation also comes the power and authority the ability the anointing the word from God to uh, deal with whatever he's showing you with to work with that to touch it somehow right it's different for everybody right? something like that so when you see something do it now do it now don't wait don't just push it aside I've made that mistake so many times and I'm still making that mistake uh, because why? because everybody deals with fear of man it's just something we have to constantly deal with it's just it's just a part of life on earth and uh, statistics have proven that uh, the, I think the number one fear or the number two fear is standing up in public and talking in public. That's the number one or number two fear. Uh, one, or two, one of them is, of those two fears, is uh, the fear of dying. Yeah, I think it's the fear of dying and uh, the fear of talking to people. <laughs> yeah, so, anyways, overcome your fear. All right, so, believe. Uh, and God knows the hearts and bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost, the reason the Holy Ghost is given, to bear witness in our spirit. So the Spirit of God and the Spirit of us, our spirit, together they bear witness with each other. They record, they bear witness. And that witness establishes us on that rock of Jesus Christ. You need that establishment. Because if it's just you, uh, if it's just you and not the Spirit of God that's how people fall away Uh, they really never believe they just read the Bible and they pretend like they're saved they act like they're saved but they're not you know and our spirit should bear witness for another spirit that they're either saved or not saved right but this here is, is that's one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to bear witness one of many things that the Holy Spirit does in our life as a believer. <clears throat> okay, and God know the hearts, and bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost. That's how they have witnessed, by the Holy Ghost. Even as he did unto us. So even, as even. So just like in Acts chapter two, it also happened in the Gentiles. As they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues, and began to speak in their heavenly language, and begin to speak in new tongues, the Gentiles did the same thing, same thing. So as a Gentile, when you reject the Holy Ghost and all you want is just the witness, just the witness, you're missing a vast, 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 vast vast portion of all the Holy Ghost has for you. So I would suggest stop resisting the Holy Ghost and submit yourself to God. Right. humble yourself before the hand of Almighty God something like that but thank you know it all but thank oh, I know everything I tell you that's one thing I have learned I and how I keep myself humble as I keep thinking of myself as I'm just a kid just growing up I'm nobody just a kid learning how to do things and uh, it helps me a lot because I really I'm just an empty vessel filled with the Spirit of God even as he did us See, so that points back to, like I said, points back there. And all the other times in the Word of God that the Holy Ghost fell on people. Verse 9, And put no difference between us and them. No difference. No difference. No, Get that. There is no difference between the Jew and the Gentile in Christ. There is no difference between the rich and the poor in Christ. There's no difference between living in Israel and living in Boulder, Colorado. There's no difference, none. The only difference is heaven and hell. (laughs) That's the difference. They're not the same. And hell is not a place that you're gonna do your country line dancing, that you're gonna rock out to your favorite heavy metal band, that you're gonna be toking on the best joints there are, and you're gonna be shooting up some of the best cocaine there is possible and you're just gonna get high down in hell. Uh, All that is a great big lie. You're not even gonna see your friends, or family, or nobody. You're gonna be totally isolated in fire and brimstone. That's why we gotta go tell our family members, our friends, our coworkers, quit being scared of people. Quit being scared of people. Be a witness. Quit hiding in your house and reading the Bible for the hundredth time that you've been doing for the last 50 years. <laughs> Quit doing that over the last two weeks. Just go do something. Ask God, Lord, I want to go do something. This is Labor Day. Of course, when you're watching this Labor Day, that was, you know. But uh, today, whenever, when I'm watching this, I'm going to go do something for you, Lord. What can I do? And he'll let you know. Now, what he might let you know, says, what did I tell you to do five years ago? Five years ago. What did you tell me to do five years ago? <gasps> I forgot. That's what I want you to go do. Oh, man, I don't know if I can do that. See, now you have a choice to make. Do I want to obey God? Because I asked God what to do. He said, you remember that thing I told you five years ago? Oh, I don't know if I want to do that. That's too... I don't know if I want to do that. See, that's what happens. That's why God's not using it. Because you didn't do that thing five years ago that God told you. For five years, He hasn't told you a thing. He hasn't put you to work. He hasn't sent you anywhere. It's just been one promise, another. However... Now, this is the problem. Listen up. This is it. You didn't do that five years ago, but you say, Yeah, but I've been working for God all this time. I've been doing this, and I've been doing that, I've been doing that. You know what? All that you've been doing with the devil. Whoa, that really fires people up. No, I read it in the Bible. Look, God's not going to give you something more to do until you've done the first thing. Because what's after the first thing? The second thing. But the first thing you to get done first, you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these other things added on. But if you seek the kingdom of God and you don't finish that, you don't complete that task, he's not gonna let you, he's not gonna add any more. He's not gonna add any more to your life. So you got a vision or a calling five years ago to do something, and then all of a sudden you got another calling or another ministry or another book or another sermon or whatever the case, another missionary trip, and you've never done that five years ago, Everything else is a mess. And that invites the devil in. Because what you did not do, is called disobedience. And disobedience opens the door. It's a breach in the spirit. That devil's come in, and that's what deceives you. That's what deceives you. That's why you really have to have that fellowship and that communion with the spirit. Because in the communion with the spirit, when the Holy Spirit... Uh, calls you to do something you already have the power and authority and you recognize that job to go do and you just you just go do the job you go do the work that's completed then God says well done now I want you to go do this now that you've completed that task you've learned some things now I want you to take that learning and come over here and do this and you complete that Now, you take what you've learned in these two areas and apply it over here. And that's what happens. That's how you grow. But if you don't do that first thing and complete it, then you haven't learned what you need to learn. That's what this whole life on earth is all about. It's not about having a great life. It's about learning how to live with God. Because that's what we're going to do as believers for the rest of eternity. We're going to live with God. But we we learn it now. We learn it now because what we're learning now will be applied that learning will go with us to heaven and we'll continue on that learning and doing the thing that God wants us to do in eternity So we're not gonna sit around and play harps all day long are you kidding me God's a creator he's got other things going on a lot of things in the works but he needs people around him to do those things I'm excited man I'm excited for eternity, man. It is gonna be, uh, you think this is fun, I mean, it's gonna be a, a gazillion times a gazillion better. <laughs> it's gonna be a, unlimited, right? But if you go to hell, you'll miss it all. You'll miss it all. But you don't wanna to go to hell. You wanna believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, that's what I did way back, a long time ago. I said, Jesus, if you're real. I didn't know Jesus was not real. He, I didn't know anything about him other than he hung on a cross. But I said, on. Oh. Didn't mean anything to me, though. I mean, just because somebody hung on a cross, during those days, a lot of people hung on crosses. The Roman shoulders killed a lot of people on crosses. So, how did I know Jesus was the Son of God? The only reason I knew that is because I went to a Catholic church. Because I, for 25 years, I was a Catholic, even after I got saved. I didn't know anything. I didn't know the Catholic church was corrupt. I didn't know that. And, uh,. So I got saved, I got born again. Been saved ever since. It's like this guy right here in the white car I just pulled out. Big old cross hanging from his uh, uh, mirror. Spanish man, he's probably Catholic. Doesn't know what I'm doing, doesn't know, doesn't record this name, this name, Jesus. That means nothing to him. That's Catholic, right? And the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, right? That's what we do, the crucifixion. Oh, man, I, you, I talk about so many things hardest for me that's why I don't know what I talk about I talk about every subject under the Sun it seems like all right even as we did us first night and put no difference between us and them purifying their hearts by faith purifying their hearts by faith how do you purify your heart by faith yeah. there's a heart issue right there again is your heart pure or is it kind of gray kind of muddy I told on the class. I told them the vision that I had. My heart was like a sewer. <laughs> Way back in the 80s, it was like a sewer pit. It was like a, it was like a septic tank. I grew up on a, out in the little Marshall Valley. We had septic tanks, and uh, every once in a while we had to clean that septic tank out. And sometimes the septic tank would get full and back up. And I tell you, uh, I think that happened once for sure. Maybe twice. And that septic tank, all that goo and all that trash, oh man, it comes into the surface and you got a big cesspool. I got a big old ugly, stinky thing and all that stink goes into the house. And that's what I was inside. It was concentrated. It was It was a real small body here. So it was concentrated in my spirit. God had to purify my heart by faith. I was struggling. That was a long time ago. Decades and decades ago. So when people tell me, oh, whatever, whatever they tell me, they usually don't know what about purify their hearts by faith verse 10 now therefore why tempt ye God see that's what a lot of Christians do they tempt God they said God I'm going to sin because I know I'm not under the law and have grace your grace is sufficient for me so I can go sin oh I do drugs it's okay I get high it's okay because I'm under grace that's, a, that's tempting God that's tempting God Do you think God is going to reward you for tempting Him? And you're asking God for this and that and you're tempting God? I don't get it. I just don't get it. They don't get it either. Now therefore, why tempt ye God, all of you, God, to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear a yoke of the law. Basically slavery under the law. And then man came along with Satan's help and perverted the law so much that they started making their own laws and own laws and build up this huge library of law books that is just a mess. So God finished it all. In fact, Jesus was so good. He's such a great God that he took all the law and put it in two commandments. Right? Love God, love people. Hangs all the law. How simple is that? That lets you know that God is a simple God. Very complex, very mysterious. His ways higher than our ways. But in the end, He's a simple God. So everyone can get saved. Even the four-year-old, maybe the three, I don't know, what level? I mean, how my children were four when they got saved. So there's, you know, I don't know how far you can go down. Uh, some people say I got saved. You know, when was John the Baptist saved? Huh. I guess in the womb because he was filled with the Holy Ghost in the womb. You yeah, know, I don't know. We were able to bear verse 11, but we believe that through the see grace right there through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Through the grace. See, you either go through the law or through grace. And it's our choice. If you live in the law, you're going to struggle and you're going to suffer. And it's going to be horrible living that way. But if you come out from that law through Christ, through that shed blood, that veil that was ripped, veil was ripped. Into top to bottom in twain, into two, and go into grace. It's like everything. It's like the peace of God floods into your life. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, I for many years after I got out of Bible school, ministry training, Bible school, but ministry training, I lived for a couple years in ministry under performance. I had to perform thinking that God would love me if I performed, performance orientation. It's horrible, horrible, horrible. That's like living under the law. And uh, I had some, several brothers help me come out from that show me the difference between the law and grace. And, oh, wow, what a... And when I went into grace and started serving the Lord in grace, I tell you, my whole ministry didn't change overnight, but it, it, it made us distinct, altered course and began to change grace grace right but we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ we shall be saved that's why in our manner of prayer in our book it's grace comes before salvation because if it wasn't grace if there was no grace we wouldn't have been able to get saved yeah that's a big deal that's why that's how important God looks at grace that's the importance of grace because the law if it was Jesus and the law we wouldn't be saved because the law can't save us that's what I said the law can't save you you can perform all the laws of Moses every single day of your life and you can say well, I obey all the Ten Commandments too and I obey all the other laws I do everything you told me to do God in the Old Testament I don't like the New Testament I want the Old Testament it's all right yeah you're gonna see eventually. A lot of people, a lot of believers get stuck in the Old Testament. But then other believers get stuck in the New Testament. See? There's a, a lot of the, the New Testament is a fulfillment of the Old Testament. And there's a lot of Old Testament that's in the New Testament. Huh. It's one book, right? And stop going to all the other, well, there's only 66 books here, and there's about four or five other books that are just as, just written by other apostles and written by this and that. I'm going to read those. No, you don't go there. You go here. This is the book that God ordains. Right? Anyways, that's enough for you. But by the grace of the Lord Jesus, we shall be saved even as they. Right? Verse 12, then all the multitude kept silence. Wow, how about that? How does a multitude keep silence? How do they do that? By the power and the presence of the Holy Ghost. When the Holy Ghost wants everybody silent, guess what, everyone's quiet. When when the Holy Ghost wants everybody to jump up for joy and get excited, guess what, everyone jumps up, shouts and screams and hollers and laughs and just has a great time worshiping and praising God. Some laying on the floor crying, some standing up, some running around, dancing, shouting, who knows? Giving glory to God. Right, then all the multitude kept silence and gave audience. <laughs> right? Kept silence. Gave audience. Audience means, please listen up. I'm going to tell you something. Gave audience to Barnabas and Paul, declaring what miracles and what wonders God had wrought among the Gentiles by them. The miracles and signs of God have not ended. God bless you, man. Yeah. I'm going to have her come over and get me uh, because I'm on the channel right now. There's (laughs) water right here. Sorry. I had a little ministry there. A lady pulls into the parking lot here do you have a YouTube channel so I hope you hear what I'm saying here I know this is kind of a long-winded video but uh, you know it is what it is let's pray so Lord I thank you that we can come together we can lift up your word we can just come out here and minister we can share your word we can seed your word we can water your word or we can even harvest your word uh, some we do all kinds of things Lord uh, some people only harvest uh, but everybody does something everybody does something But everybody is working inside your field, your harvest, Lord. This is all yours, not ours. It's yours. And you're so gracious and kind to us that as we sow, as we uh, water, as we reap, uh, you account that to our accounts. You have a team of (laughs) bookkeepers, and they put that in our account. So that's pretty cool. And we'll be rewarded for that up in heaven. We all get paid for the same thing. We all receive salvation. We all receive the inheritance of Jesus Christ. But above that, we get rewarded for all of our work. So thank you, Lord, that you're putting people to work right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen, all right? So uh, that's the show for right now. The show, (laughs) it's kind of a show, right? (laughs) Show and tell, and uh, is there anything else? Yeah, so So Lord, I just pray for the people's healing. Lord, I pray that healing comes into their life right now. I pray healing right now upon them Lord Lord, let them be healed from the top of their head, from the crown of their head to the soles of their feet. Let their body be healed in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And every devil that's in their life, I cast that those devils out in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray the blood of Jesus where that devil was, and I put the word of God there, and I loose your minister angels to come and do whatever they can do according to the word of God. And I pray all the people, I call other people to come around them to help them. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving all the glory to God. Amen and amen. All right? So, uh, how about that, right? Receive your healing. So, God bless you, man. I love you very much. You take care, all right? Bye-bye.